Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? This is God's word for us today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you walk with us every day, every moment, no matter what our circumstances are. Please walk with us now and open the scriptures to us as we sit under your word. May our hearts burn and glow with the warmth of faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When we arrived in Cairns, when we first arrived in Cairns, I bought a car. And it came equipped with some free extras because car dealerships are always giving away something. They've always got some special deal on, haven't they? So my car came factory fitted with satellite navigation for the same price as a standard kind of fit out. So that was great and I was a bit excited about that because it's a, it's a bit of an excellent invention for people in a new and strange city who don't know their way around. A free guidance system, actually very handy. And that means when I want to come and visit any of you, I just punch in your address and it guides me right to your front door, literally. Occasionally though, I like to do things my own way. You know, it's good to think for yourself, figure out the route as I go. That way you get to learn and explore at the same time as you're driving around. It's a good thing. And I wouldn't normally admit this, but on one of my visits here in Cairns, one of my first visits, I met a person who wasn't expecting a visit from me. They're still very friendly from behind the screen door that I actually couldn't see through but they didn't respond to any of the names I tried calling them by. And for good reason. I'd got it wrong, hadn't I? I was at the wrong address. I was at the wrong house and asking for a person, one of you, and I swear I will never tell you who, but I was asking for one of you by name and uh, it wasn't happening. You didn't live at that address. My flawed sense of direction had gotten me lost. It had taken me on a detour and eventually I ended up in a bit of a dead end actually. I needed a route recalculation. Now route recalculation is what my navigation system in my car cries out at me when I go the wrong way. It starts crying out in this loud voice, route recalculation, route recalculation. And then if I make the wrong turn and don't do what it tells me to do, again it says route recalculation crazy. What about Cleopas and the other unnamed disciple in the Gospel reading? Were they going in the right direction or were they going in the wrong direction this morning? What we know is that they were in the fast lane heading out of Jerusalem. What we know is that they were two sad and disappointed disciples And we know they've hit a bit of a dead end in their faith journey as well. We might use D words, D words like disappointment, doubt, disillusionment, defeat, discouragement, despondency, depression, despair. A lot of words in the English language that start with D that are kind of downers, aren't they? But that's what was going on in their hearts. And sometimes that's how people feel when they hit a bit of a dead end. I mean, they'd stake so much in Jesus and he'd let them down big time. Or so they think. They sigh. (sighs) We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. 
but instead he's been condemned to death and crucified. Human hope is a fragile thing, isn't it? It's a very fragile thing. When it when things seem to continually spiral in your life, despair can set in very, very quickly. And it can be difficult to see any light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes we can even be afraid to hope because we believe we couldn't cope with yet another disappointment. And that sounds a bit like our two disciples on the way to Emmaus. We had hoped, Cleopas and his friend had said. They were saying, we don't expect it now, but once we did, we had high hopes for the future, but now those hopes are gone and all we have left is disappointment. What about you today? Has God ever disappointed you or not measured up to your expectations or your hopes? Has your faith in God been challenged? We pick up the journey of these disciples, these disappointed disciples as they're heading to Emmaus. And we're told in Luke's account that someone had merged with them on the highway that they were travelling along. And that person is Jesus. He's the only one, he, he is the one that they'd been unloading their disappointment and dashed hopes on after he'd asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They didn't recognise Jesus, but he was there listening. He was there listening to their descriptions of how he had let them down. Jesus walks along the road with his downcast and confused disciples and he shares in their troubles and the same is true for each one of you. We might find ourselves in hard places and think God is far from us or we may even blame him for letting us down. And there he is. There's Jesus right beside you listening to every single word you say. The insults, the accusations and the cries for help. But he's there. When all those terrible D words, disappointment, doubt, whatever word describes where we're at, when those words fill our lives, Jesus is the unseen stranger walking alongside us, listening to us as we pour out our hearts to him with no facades, with no false godliness, even when it's raw, even when we're vulnerable and blatantly honest. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is there walking beside you just like he was with those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so while Jesus and these two are walking along, Jesus offers much needed guidance and provides the route recalculation that these disciples need more than anything else. He tells them how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Did you hear how Jesus helped them out of the dead end they were in? How does he bring about the route recalculation they so urgently need? How does he bring it about? It's a real question. He opened the scriptures to them. All the scriptures concerning himself. That's how he affected a U-turn, a route recalculation, set them back on the right path. He opened the scriptures to them concerning himself. 
So aren't you glad today? Aren't you glad that the verses that Jesus explained to them aren't printed again in this passage of, uh, of Luke 24? Or do you wish they were all outlined there? Have you ever gone through uh, the road to Emmaus before and wish you just could read all of those verses that Jesus explained to them along the road? Why weren't they there? I'm actually very glad they're not in Luke 24. Very glad. Or we might only ever read Luke 24. If there's a shortcut, you can be sure that we'll use it and bypass the treasure chest contained in the full witness of Scripture. But the good news is that all the Scriptures Jesus opened to those two disciples for the best Old Testament lesson ever are inside your Bibles today. They are there. And that's divine wisdom in action, I think. So in the midst of their distress at what had taken place, in the midst of their slowness of heart to believe, Jesus opens the Scriptures for them. And Luke tells us that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the Scriptures concerning himself. That two-hour walk to Emmaus must have seemed like five minutes for those guys. What an amazing journey. The two disciples could feel the despair and sorrow they felt in their hearts change to understanding and hope as the stranger whose Jesus explained that his death and resurrection was part of God's plan for salvation and that Jesus hadn't let them down at all. In fact, Luke even describes the feelings of those disciples when they recognise Jesus when he breaks bread and he speaks those words to them. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? What on earth is a burning heart? Burning hearts are hearts that are aglow with faith. They're hearts warmed by the comfort and assurance that God's word gives us, pointing us again to Jesus and his work of salvation for us on the cross. There is hope. There is resurrection and Easter hope. Hope that the Bible says will not disappoint or lead us to despondency or the plethora of D words that are out there that set us on the highway out and away from God's presence. Instead, the route recalculation that Jesus affects in your life points you to Jesus and a living hope. It reorients our faith journey away from the dead ends we find ourselves faced with. It guides us towards the cross of Jesus Because that's always, that is always the destination that we need to be guided towards, the cross of Jesus. It's the place where we can lay down all our D words and our struggles and our sins. It's the place where foolish and slow hearts are revived and filled with the joy of faith, filled with forgiveness, filled with new life and the warmth and glow of the Holy Spirit filled with life that has lived with God who is alive and present, even walking alongside of you and all of his disciples today and every moment of your life. Because that's what a relationship looks like, isn't it? God knows that. He's the inventor of it. And the result of this for the disciples at Emmaus is this abrupt U-turn. All of a sudden, they've got to get back to Jerusalem and share the joy back on the holy highway, back into the city of God. They were heading out of the holy city and now they need to get back and tell their story. And I wonder, I wonder if they encountered other downcast and disappointed people 
on their way back to Jerusalem. The Bible doesn't tell us if they did or they didn't. One thing I can imagine though is these two disciples heading back with such excitement, maybe even being Christ's other people heading away from Jerusalem who were disappointed and sad like they had been. Maybe these two were able to do what others do for others what Jesus had done for them, to come near and walk with people stuck walking in their own dead-end routes, not joining them but offering a route recalculation, opening the Scriptures for them and pointing them to their risen Messiah. We don't know what happened on the road back to Jerusalem but we can ask this, What's a significant way we can share part of our journey of faith and bring Christ to those we love? That's a question we can ask. Friends, we're about to embark on a journey later this month. I think maybe about the 23rd of May. Young people are going to come and encounter Jesus in the Scriptures as we walk together the journey of learning and discipleship that we call confirmation ministry. And one thing they'll be asked to do is to bring a Bible with them. And then as we journey through the Scriptures, we'll be highlighting Bible texts and writing in the margins words and phrases that refocus us on Jesus and point us to the cross and new life that we have in Him. That's going to happen at confirmation. What I want to know is why couldn't we do that as a church? Why couldn't we have a culture change here in Cairns? Why couldn't we turn up to church holding our scriptures? Let's be doers, friends, and not just hearers of the word. And so today I'm inviting you and encouraging you as your pastor to do that, to pick up your Bible as you come to worship. And my personal hope is to see Bibles coming out from everywhere and opening up like today as Peter went forward to read the readings, that Bibles would come out and be open, that they'd be open as I come to bring you the Word of God, that you would have your Scripture open on you. And then I challenge you like the youth to highlight, to underline, to mark the text that we hear read and preached on, to write words in the margins that encourage you or new insights that comfort your heart or maybe even skip a beat. I hope that we can all join with these young people, this confirmation ministry group of being in the Scriptures, being shaped by them and allowing God's Word to continually point us to Jesus and His cross that our hearts, that our hearts in this place would be ablaze within us as the Word is open to us. And then when you open the Word at home or in your small group, you'll see all the underlining, all the words and phrases that you've written and recall how that word made your heart burn within you. And over time, you'll see how God's word brought comfort and warmed your heart through the joys and the tough times, how it set you straight sometimes, how it touched a nerve and then sometimes and other times how it calmed them. And then one day, I want you to give that Bible away to someone you love. I want you to give it away. Being that it's Mother's Day today, I share with you that this NIV study Bible that I read from when I'm reading the Gospel lessons to you, it belonged to my nana, my mum's mum. 
There's nothing outwardly special about it. It's just an old NIV study Bible. It's got uh, a covering on it that's coming off. The pages are well worn out. There's lots of underlining and highlighting in it. But it's special to me because my nana gave it to me at a time in my life when I really needed a route recalculation. How precious now for me are these highlighted verses? Because she's gone now. How precious are the highlighted verses? How precious is the underlining that I know what was, what was precious to her, what made her, her heart burn with faith, what encouraged her, now encourages me too. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's an amazing thing. It's been passed on to me from a woman of faith who I adored. And today I have a new Bible with me that I purchased on Thursday. I've marked it. I've highlighted on the road to Emmaus. I've written in it, travelling the holy highway with Jesus. I've made a note of verse 32, hearts burning, glowing, warmed with faith in Jesus. How? Through opening and understanding of the Scriptures and what his death and resurrection means in our lives. I've made another note. Rain, hail or shine, Jesus walks with us no matter what our circumstances are. He's there in the Word. We just need to pick it up. One day, I'm going to keep writing in this every week and highlighting it and one day I'm going to give it away to someone who I love. Maybe it'll be one of you, maybe it'll be Amy, maybe it'll be someone else. God only knows who will receive this. Perhaps one day your Bible, with all the underlining, with all the highlighting, will have a profound impact on someone you really love. Having first impacted your life, of course, continually pointing you to Jesus, his cross, and setting your heart ablaze with faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Keep our hearts and our minds safe in Christ Jesus our Lord who walks with us every moment of every day. Amen.